Oh, hey. Hey. What uh, what are we getting into today? It's not what we're getting into, but when we're getting into. Oh, my Lanta Santa. We're still doing this time travel business. You know it, babe. We're going back to days of long futures past. Ooh. Ooh. I'm actually pretty excited about that. Excellent. Uh, did you, you didn't have any clue based on the assemblage of action figures in front of you? No. <laughs> and, and now that you see them and hear that, maybe? Maybe. maybe yeah, now that I, yeah, if I like really, really look at them, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. But also, this is sort of is, but sort of is not the team in which I know hmm. of Days of Futures Past because of Days of Future Past? Days of Future Past. Because of the movie, because Kitty... Mm-hmm. was Rogue. No, in the movie. There was not Kitty. No, that was Kitty. It was the Rogue cut. You know what? Forget it. I don't yeah, know what just, I'm talking about. Just introduce the podcast. All right. Anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome to the XY Podcast. My name's Alicia. <laughs> I'm Justin. And we don't know what's happening today. Yeah, so there are... There are differences between the movie and the comic. The characters that go back, <laughs> yes, how they go back. Yes, that's what I was getting yes, at. Yes, yes, So have you ever, do you think you've ever seen the cover for the first issue? So what, I'll give you a little preamble. We're going into our first episode of the Claremont run. Ooh. So this is Uncanny X-Men. Bum, bum, bum. Number 141. Number 141. So before we get into this episode, we're going to splice in a little special sauce. Ooh, special sauce. Which is what we call extra recording after we've already recorded the episode, but we never tell you, and I figured I'd want to tell you. Anyway. You literally just exposed a secret. Oh, secrets of the pod. (laughs) So I went back and forth on where to start in the Claremont run, right? You know the Phoenix Saga, the Dark Phoenix Saga. You know what that is. Yes. That's that's the X-Men story. That's the big one that everybody knows that has a lot connected to it. That has mm-hmm. a lot of kind of backlog to it. What what you've seen the movies, what are your impressions of the Dark Phoenix Saga? Meh. Meh, right? Yeah. Why? Cuz you Because it, I just like don't care. I don't know. I I don't think that I've watched either movie and really felt sad that this was happening to Jean or like that I felt connected to the storyline or that it really held much purpose, if that makes sense. That makes 100% sense and I agree and thank you for <laughs> thank setting me goodness. up for this point. You're welcome. I did not know what was happening. It's kind of the theme. I think that the reason why I don't want to start with The Dark Phoenix is the same reason why the two movies have failed. It's too large of a story, and you don't have a connection to these characters yet, especially to Gene and Scott and their relationship. For The Dark Phoenix Saga to really carry the weight that merits this a, a pretty sizable run for where it is in the comic... Mm-hmm. You need to go into the Phoenix Saga, I feel. You need to have this connection yeah, too. until you said that the other day, you said, oh yeah, well there's the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga. I don't think I ever knew that they were two different things. Because they're never treated as two separate stories. They're two separate arcs of story that have a decent amount of 
issues in between. So Jean becomes the Phoenix, is the Phoenix, is exhibiting all this power, is kind of having it manipulate her and affect her in, in interesting ways. And then we do this slow build of to what happens with the Hellfire Club, with the Dark Phoenix, with everything that happens with the Shi'ar, the Emkron Crystal. Just Yeah, that's a lot of stuff that I feel like I don't know what you're talking you about need, at all. You need the build up to because, you know, it's just... It, on first read, it's kind of a long story. And and Claremont writes novel comic books. Amazingness. Right. So we're, we're skipping it for now. We're going to come back to it. I have a plan of coming back to it in season three. All right. Because you can't be like doing a big buildup. Like, it's this epic story and there's all these parts and it's multiple arcs and we're not doing it. Well, we're not doing it now. Well, You've good. seen the movies. You have a general understanding of what happens. Yeah, so based on the movies, I can wait. You can wait. <laughs> <laughs> let it let it disappear from your memory, the same that Disney will do. Before we get, also, the last thing that I wanted to do. Wait, what are you talking about? I, I don't think that Disney should approach the Dark Phoenix saga as a story in any recent, oh. like in any way for a while. I think yeah, that no, they should leave it alone. wash their hands of that story for a little while and try something new. Leave try. the Phoenix alone. <laughs> <laughs> We have two reviews. We have two reviews? <laughs> yeah. I love being surprised by reviews. Five stars by fanx.la. Ooh, okay. Thank you. A really fun podcast. Justin and Alicia have a great dynamic and also wonderful voices to listen to. Wow, thank you so much. A. I don't know if that's like we got a grade of an A or it's Ooh, like... an A. It's uh, Yeah, I, I like that. I'll take it. And second one. Oh, oh, that was called Great Dynamics. That was like oh. the name of the, the review. Wow, that, that's fantastic. Right, yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. Second one is a brilliant X hyphen podcast, five stars by Change We Can Believe In. Oh, yes, get it. I could listen to these two speak all day, exclamation point. They are not only marriage goals, but co-host goals as well. Heavily recommend this podcast to X fans, both new and old. Triple exclamation point. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm like getting emotional. Yeah. That's so kind. That was a good one. So wonderful. And I. They're, they're both great. I was holding on to those for a little while. They came up in the end of January. Uh, and I never want to tell you. And I, you know, I don't want to splice them in when we're doing an interview because it's like, yeah. hey, I know you're taking some time to be here. Hold well, on. We're just. Let's talk about our reviews <laughs> real quick. Let's read some fan mail. But on a serious note, that's, you know. Really wonderful to hear and reviews um, help us get views. Yeah, reviews help us, so that's that's great of you to do and thank you. But also just know that we love doing this podcast and love the community that it's building. Um, so yeah, super grateful. Thanks for the killer reviews. And now back to the past. Oh goodness, gravy. Do you, you don't think you've ever seen the cover? I don't. If I did, how would I know? Oh, I have seen this cover. That's how you would know. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this cover. It means nothing to me. Well, look at it again. Like, what does it mean? Right now, of- okay, slain, Cyclops, slain, Colossus. Hey, are you, that, you were excited about that. Bye. Cyclops is dead, yay. Colossus is apprehended, as is Storm and Sprite, who I don't know. Sprite is the first name of Kitty, like the first name that they that they go by she changed names a lot in the beginning sweet christmas okay and then nightcrawler cyclops angel iceman beast banshee all slain magneto apprehended looks like havoc apprehended as well and 
who's next to Wolverine that says slain? That the te- looks the, like Jean Grey. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like Jean Grey. Okay, Marvel Girl, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean Jean Grey. Marvel Girl. So hey, this is this is my favorite classic X Men comic story. Close second with God Loves Man Kills, but this this story is probably. I my just favorite. I just want to go back for one second. Sure. Okay. So now that you said to me, okay, now that you see the cover, do you know? The only way that I would know, looking at this cover, that this is Days of Future Past, is because it says Days of Future Past on the bottom. I meant, do you know that you, if you've seen this image before? Oh yes. I, okay. I was like, yeah, I've seen this image, but it's can you still. Read, can you read the title? <laughs> can you read, Alicia? Questionable. Questionable. All right. So. But we get we do we get a hand we get so much information on this cover, a sample of what's going on, all this slain and apprehended. I think that was you know Wolverine is the only picture with no status on it, with him also on the cover. Do you know who that is? Uh behind him. Is that Moira? No. I just assume every female is Moira now. Moira Moira wasn't really that didn't have a lot of roles throughout the history of the X-Men comics, you know, was, did have a handful of very specific roles at Muir Island and what she was doing in a research facility and a handful of other teams that got revealed over time. But she was more like a, a secondary character. Oh, well then no, I have no idea who that is. All right. Well, the clue might be in the action figures, but you can page turn noise. The clue might be in the action figures. Is it Kitty? It is Kitty. It's Kitty. Page turn noise. Here we go. Days of future past. I love this first page. It's just so epic, so different from anything that we know what's going on. Gives me like zombie apocalypse yeah, vibes. dystopian future. Park Avenue in New York City. Kate Pride rendezvousing with Logan in an unsavory area. She looks like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she also just looks so much older. Right. I think that's more where I was going and it's that that yellow turtleneck that gives me that collar mm-hmm, vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> Welcome indeed. And she's thinking to herself, you know, she's not excited about the fact that they're in rogues territory. Not rogue like y'all, sugar, but rogues like rogues. rogues of the streets. And she falls through a trap door. Does she have like a tracking collar or something on? It Something like that. We actually do find out on this page she's wearing an inhibitor collar that's preventing her from using her mutant powers oh no and these rogues that have now surrounded her after this trap they're talking about those tiny those those tin tyrants of the sentinels are hated by all so whether they kill her or the sentinels do they don't really care are these rogues mutants or i would assume that they're they're just humans and then that entrance on the last panel Hey, yo, it's Wolverine. No, you're, no, not, you're not, bub. Wait, <clears throat> let me get into my Wolverine voice. No, you're not, bub. You're going to release the lady just like she asked. Nice. Thank you. Very, very, you know, curated Wolverine voice there. <laughs> yeah. And Wolverine's back in town, but keep it on the down low. So he even says he can't use his claws. The Sentinels would know that he's back in town. So if he used his mutant powers. So does that mean that of- Sentinels can only sense mutants if they use their mutant powers that's not true that has various ways of being true but it could also mean that he has some kind of cloaking mechanism of some sort cloaking device because they do in this conversation talk about the piece of the module 
the component of a jammer that's undetectable by sentinels that Kate needs. She needs it. Phase two of our plan starts at midnight. And uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting, a lot of this very much so is here's the world. Let's reveal some stories. And I feel like there's some, some details to it. I feel like that's why I love this. There's so much newness going on in it. Mm -hmm. Logan mentions that he's a part of the Canadian resistance army. There it is. Canada right in my face. Okay. So in the beginning of this, you said this is in the beginning of the Claremont run. No, which is part of this is our first episode. Oh, our it's our beginning. Okay. This is so Claremont starts really in issue 96 97 scripting in 94 yes okay so we've been we've been talking about that so it's been like 50 ish issues this is a couple of issues after the end of the dark phoenix saga so this is the beginning of a new storyline i'm just kind of wondering what going into this because you said this is peeling back layers and this is all new stuff so going into this, what was the world of the X-Men like? Where where am I jumping off from in relation to, you know, so we had so, the... what? I did, so Dark Phoenix just died. Yep. Scott just left the team. Okay. Storm has, I think, maybe the issue before been instated as the new leader. Amazing. Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Angel. Angel has now decided to stay with now that... Scott's left Angel's on the team and Kitty I think was introduced not introduced like first appearance but joined the team or joined the school more so three issues ago okay so she's very new doesn't really have much training or experience and is kind of like the the gateway character and where we left off when at the end of the Dark Phoenix our Sentinels like is is this jumping in similar to how we jump in when when it's in the movie where we're jumping in at the the end stage where the sentinels have basically destroyed everything and they're hanging on by a thread and then we go backwards and we see is does it have that same trajectory or is there more of a build-up before we get to that back in time we'll, we'll place see okay let's just stop asking we'll questions as we turn the pages okay so there's a sentinel we get a lot of future exposition on this next page a lot of just those those narrative boxes on the sides and a picture of this fuller dystopian society and it's more of an idea of this world and how different it is from the movie yeah that guy's wearing a mask i love that in that first panel the horse-drawn buses yeah that's crazy so walking dead of you they have uh details of three classes of people humans with an h on them anomalous anomalous which Where? is a normal person possessing mutant genetic potential, which are forbidden to breed, which I think is interesting. And also M for mutants, also forbidden to breed. And it also makes reference That's of a... That's messed up. Forbidden to breed. Right. We're not freaking livestock up in here. Well, it's a dystopian future and she's got a collar on her neck. That They also reference Stupid the humans. Mutant Control Act of 1988. Mm. Mutant internment centers. I love this, this detail of the Sentinel having truthfulness scans as to why kate says that she's late like she ran she's running late and then you see all those graves as she's walking in she work for the sentinels she's oh i don't like your little face right now (laughs) work for is not how i would say it but she is at the mercy of the sentinels okay and these are graves that she's walking past tombstones yes 
Oh, no. You see all the people on them. Charles Xavier. Kurt Wagner. Ben Grimm. The thing. I know. He's not a mutant. Yep. And Johnny Storm also. And Reed Richards. Ah, the Fantastic Four. They're always around. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, she's late. She lied about why she was late. Yep. The Sentinel knows it. And then on that next page, we meet most of the anti-Sentinel resistance. So, Wolverine, Sprite, Kitty Pride, Kate Pride in this story, Storm, and Colossus. And then you also see Franklin and Rachel. Franklin is Reed the and, yep, kid of Reed and Sue. Yes, and he's nailed it. much older. And yeah, I mean, an they all look yep. older. And he's also married to Rachel. And Rachel is... We don't know. This is the first appearance of Rachel. TBD, Rachel. She is a telepath slash telekinetic. That's all that they tell us about I her. feel like I know I've heard of Rachel before. She may have been in issue one of X-Men, the new series that we did the intro to. Oh. We're recording this episode before we actually read through and, and, and finished oh, yeah. the X-Men issue, but we'll be releasing it after that episode comes out. Yes, because I haven't read it yet. We right. just recorded part one. Right. I put this in front of that because of this exact purpose. Slow. Alicia or Rachel reveal. Maybe. Uh, Ooh, both. So that, that's who Rachel is. That's <laughs> Okay. Cool. It, it wasn't established as that. This is kind of more further backstory built over time, but that is who Rachel becomes, is this person right here. You you know that I don't remember. Yeah, but you're going to read it. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> Whether it's information Excellent. for the past or the future, that's... Okay, so... And then we got a wheelchair coming in. Hey, a wheelchair. Magneto. Magneto. Rocking those Professor X vibes. So they're talking a lot rides on Rachel's success in this and just what that means. And Kate's about to storm off and a moment, my wife, from off, off panel. A moment... Colossus is afraid. Colossus is married to Kitty Pride. Kate Pride. Pride. Future. Get it together, Alicia. We're in the future. Wow, look at that. He's scared. You know, will this work? Should it work? We're toying with the basic fabric of reality. What if you reset everything, including our love? And she tells me that you're kind of being really selfish right now. You can't just think of our love rather than look at the slums. The well-being of everyone and everything. Everyone we love, all of our friends and and family that have been killed. The selfish Colossus and pragmatic Kate is what I wrote. They've taken it all from us. You know, but you have to think sometimes being a superhero, being an X-Men, being whatever, it's like you always have to put everyone else before yourself. yourself. You never get to just be like, this is what I want to enjoy in my life. Even if it's just like, a nice Sunday afternoon sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it, Sentinels. Ruin Sorry, the, Sentinels are here. Ruin the couch. Magneto stole your TV magnetically. <laughs> and so they're, they're building something to neutralize the inhibitor collars. As you can see with Rachel, instead of Kitty Pride from the movie, mm. and Kate Pride instead of Wolverine in the movie, these last two panels on this page... Oh, they're sending her back. They're sending her back. Her back. That's who gets sent back, not Wolverine. Not Wolverine. And then so next. that whole bit about him being able to like regenerate as part of it isn't necessary. What do you mean? Wasn't there a reason he could go back because... I mean, they had to have some in-world explanation. The reason, and they show, they tell you why they decide for Kate to go back. Which is what? 
they tell you in a couple pages. Oh, they tell you eventually, Alicia. I thought like I missed it. Okay. All right. So now she's back. Well, we're back at least. So this is just back in Halloween 1980 in the danger room. And I love, I love this page. This is a great panel. Yeah. So much is happening. Yeah. This is a, a full danger room cold open. And even after, you know, like the preamble of the full future story, if if you were opening this issue, you know, the last issue you read had nothing to do with anything that's going on in the future. Nothing to do with this, you know, the resistance, Sentinels, Magneto in a wheelchair, like none of this was happening. And now you're back into some semblance of what the story was previously, where you have this team and Storm freaking out that Kitty has now walked into the danger room where she should not be. What are you doing in here, Kitty? Yeah. She's Kitty now. Right. Younger right. when she's younger. Just, just join the X-Men Kitty. Kitty Pride. So Angel goes to try and save her and just makes it worse. As you can see on that first page, his main thing is just flying around and dodging stuff. And <laughs> these stuff follow their targets. So he's actually oh. bringing the danger to her. Oh, silly, silly. He's trying to tell her to phase, but she's too scared. She just starts to get to her. And then Colossus saves her. Mm-hmm. The beginning of their love. Uh, but notice how he turns to human before he catches her. That They even say in the dialogue that if I were to catch her as metal, that that would hurt her. Yeah. And especially if she's not phased so he can catch her. And that, that pile driver that comes down out of nowhere. Nightcrawler saves the day just in time. This that that last panel. This is how you do contextual dialogue. The the question of why were you late, Kurt? And he says, "I'm sorry, Aurora. The morning news had an interview with Professor Xavier about today's mutant hearings in Washington. I guess I lost track of time. Like that is that's like exposition. Seamless. There you go. There's yeah. information that yeah. you needed. Something else is happening. That's why we're we're throwing you into this. You you did get I think on that first page where they're talking about a." a the closest, hardest fought presidential election in recent memory. But they don't really say any more of that <laughs> other than just setting the place in Xavier's Institute. And so Kitty is real new to the team. I think I said she's only introduced to the team. She she's, was introduced previously, but only introduced to the team maybe like three issues ago mm-hmm. in a similar fashion to you know Jean Grey getting dropped off at the front front steps kitty getting dropped off at the front steps we just watched a couple episodes of x-men the animated series jubilee gets dropped off at the front steps you know this kind of recurring trope of their entry to this world yep they're new we're new yeah yeah gateway figure it out together yeah and so she's still really creeped out by nightcrawler and and this hurts him and they kind of have a back and forth about this that he's fine when it happens to people that he doesn't know strangers but an x-man a, a, a friend supposedly someone that's going to be a part of this team it hurts yeah you should know like i'm not a weirdo just because i'm blue and i look kind of scary but she's 14 you know and this yeah. is also new and scary and i think that that's just great character moments you know that, at- that's really just defining their relationship what look how hairy wolverine's arms are oh yeah <laughs> on the next page yeah well she's she's walking through something that's more set for her speed so through the danger room and and really she's just too scared she's not even looking she's just closing her eyes and walking through everything and in that panel that you're talking about hairy arms they're all laughing uncontrollably because charles charlie i think he calls him spent weeks trying to develop something that would work for her and she walks through it with her eyes closed <laughs> one of those panels where she walks on the molecules of air 
essentially floating, flying over it. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, so that's a power that I think is maybe the first time that we've seen that. I'm not sure, but it gets developed over time. Uh, before you turn the page, there is that panel of red vibrating circles. Suddenly, reality twists inside out for Kitty. She comes face to face with herself, an older, sadder, wiser, stronger self. That's the one you're talking about? Oh, yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. To the infirmary, my kitten. <laughs> it's just like everybody reacts with the worst. You know, just that face, Kitty and Nightcrawler teleporting. So they bring her to the infirmary. Physically, she's fine, but she's still unconscious. So is it like her future self has now been transported into her present self's body and like she had kind of like an out-of-body experience for a second mm -hmm. and saw herself taking over herself? Because there's not two kitties. Correct. She's just in her in younger body. There wasn't two, two Wolverines. Wolverines. Right. Yeah. The okay. Consciousness. And we're about, to, we're about to get there. Yes. Great. Let's get there. <laughs> So physically, she's fine, but she's still unconscious. She has the same brain waves as a week ago, but they're more complex. And this is Wolverine explaining this. He's like, you know, maybe maybe Chuck can explain it a little bit better because I'm not that guy. Um, yeah. We haven't. This is a little bit of a side note, but we haven't. This is the first Claremont comic that we've looked at together. Right. There's so much more dialogue on yeah. the pages. Oh, yeah. Like so much more. Yeah, that's it's, Claremont. <laughs> this is the most that it's hurt me to not have read it or to not be able to read it because I feel like I'm missing so much more. Like I'm looking I, at the pictures, but I'm like focused on what Justin's saying, Alicia, and don't read the lines. Yeah, well, I'm in combination of the two. That's why I had to take really good notes on this one because it is it is a deep story, and especially with how much new world it's introducing at the same time, and it's all technically new world for you yeah so she wakes up kitty wakes up thank goodness thank goodness and she is so excited to see kurt kurt you're alive everyone is here rachel said she could but i didn't believe her and they're like what what's going on this the movie kind of had a little bit more of a benefit of xavier having to having met logan so he recognized him at at first but this conversation no he didn't at first yeah yeah in the movie later on not at first but he then even ref recognizes and references the time that they came to him in first class. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> of course. Shh, shut up. And so she starts telling him, you know, um, I'm not I'm not kitten. I'm Kate. I don't go by that no more. Yeah, not kitten or kitty. It's Kate. But they don't believe her, right? You know, the, she just was stressed out by the danger room and is making it up, right? They said the hardest part would be convincing you, but today, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants are going to kill Robert Kelly, Professor Xavier, and Moira McTaggart. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Well, what was that about Moira not really being involved? Well, she's here, but she's not, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say that too. That that's, But that was more to not be looking for her It's everywhere. not always Moira. She's not going to be everywhere. She's in literally there sometimes. This is when Professor Xavier would die? Yeah. So early. And it would set into effect a lot of events that then make the future that is Kate's future, what now she's trying to prevent. Oof. Yeah. Wolverine's instincts are kicking in. Like she says that she's telling the truth. He can sense, you know, Yeah, he says and... she stands, talks, moves, smells like a woman. Smells like a woman. 
It's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Mm, you smell like a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they're taking Warren's private plane and they make a big point about that. And I think that might have been maybe Xavier and Moira took the Blackbird or something, but I don't I don't know. The Blackbird still isn't a thing or it blew up or Who knows? So we're on this plane as Kate is able to give us a little bit more background to what happens into her future, what happens after these three people are killed that triggers a height in fear and hysteria in people all around the world, specifically in North America. And in nineteen eighty four a rabid anti-mutant candidate is elected president. He looks an awful lot like Hitler. Yeah, he does. Even even in the suit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's dressed with that flag and that podium and his arm out like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's intentional. Right. Trying to associate, you know, contextual associations. He tries to pass the Mutant Control Act, but the Supreme Court deny it. And then all these people die. So. Oh my God. Goodness even gracious. Though they, even though they denied it, the they decided to reactivate the Sentinels and with the order to eliminate mutants. And so they start attacking all superpowered people, mutant or not, hero or villain, and eliminating one by one. Doctor Doom? Yeah. And just you can just Captain see America? Every, everybody. The Hulk, Black Panther. Oh my Iron Man, Spider Man. Yeah. And and Kate gets overwhelmed with emotions as she's talking about Rachel's plan and, and, and the plan that they've been working to send her back. I mean, there's a lot to deal with. Right. It's like, I've been through all these things and I have to recount it all right now so I can tell you all what's up. Yeah, just seeing you all here alive and like, like yeah. reliving all those memories and all the tra- the pain and trauma that she has had to go through. What's happening here? Well, before, yeah, so on that next page, they say that the reason she was chosen is because she's so new to the team that she, her psychic defenses wouldn't have been able to prevent. So Xavier and the X-Men, they all train in psychic defenses. So then they're not able to be easily Oh, to be like resistant. transported into their own bodies because they have a wall up? Yeah, so they have some defense and protection against psychic attacks from villains or, you know, limited to a degree, but... Interesting. Yeah. But now we're back in the future, kind of, our, our past. We actually get the first indication of what year it is. 2013 yeah and and i i said this when we watched it i think it was it was a missed opportunity for the movie to come out in 2014 i just feel like that would have been so on the money of having it come out in 2013 and the the story having originated the future of maybe they just couldn't get it together in time yeah i mean i wouldn't have sacrificed how great the movie was for yeah that was a good one but so when was this written this story yeah 1980. The, the 80s. 2013. Yeah. Right. So 33 years in the future. And so our team, our mutant resistance, our, our sentinel resistance is escaping through the subway tunnels. Magneto stayed back to cover the exit. Magneto. Yeah. So, and, and Wolverine and Colossus are talking about their thoughts on his sacrifice, his death. And Wolverine, as this noble warrior, is saying how there's so much honor in what, what he had done. And Colossus always as a, a poet's soul these these two points are just continued to be true to their characters just aged and developed later on in the future is this the moment when magneto becomes apprehended no magneto held back and covered their exit so right he, that's what i mean so he covers the exit so they leave and then he gets captured after that right or or i think killed he's already captured 
They were all captured? They are all in an internment camp. They had been living in an internment camp. Oh. He protected their exit. I didn't realize that. I thought they were just somewhere where they were transporting Kitty's mind-body situation. No. So her like checking in with the sentinels as she came in, passing all those graves, this is like a concentration camp for captive mutants. And they plotted this way of getting her consciousness back, and then now they're physically escaping to do a second part of the plan. Got it. Magneto couldn't go because he's also in a wheelchair that he would have just slowed them all down. Got it. And it rips open and Franklin is, Franklin fries. No, Franklin. Yeah. And and Rachel even talks about how when he died, she felt it. She's a telepathic. That's her husband. Boof. Yeah. And this this overhead shot of the, the sentinels ripping through the tunnel. They're coming for you. Oh, yeah, but that we're going to, we're going to. Do something to the Sentinels. We're yeah. going to take them down. My, my note for this page, my title for this page is just fight. Fight. Uh, you get that telekinetic attack from Rachel. They're not wearing their collars and you, the Sentinel calls for help. <laughs> the storm's lightning staggers the Sentinel, but not taking him down. They've got upgrades. They've been insulated to the lightning. Fastball special. Fastball special up, up and away. And so Colossus taking down that building. I, I love that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's... I'm just going to go for the corner and the whole building's going to fall over on top of these guys. Yeah, and we find out that they're they're heading towards the Baxter building. The Baxter building. That's the nerve center of the Sentinel stronghold. Mm. And that's their second part of their plan. Part two. Back in 1980. Back in 1980, y'all. In the Pentagon. Raven Darkholm walking through the Pentagon. I oh. love that shot. On the the split of her on one side as Raven Darkholm and as Mystique on the other. Yes, and we. I see... like that she has blue hair mm. when she's a regular person. Yeah, yeah, she's fun. You know, she does cool stuff on the weekends. She's got blue hair before it was cool to have blue hair. Who who's that new Raven lady in accounting? <laughs> she's bad news. All right, so she's in the Pentagon. She's and in then the Pentagon with. She goes hangs out with these. These the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Oh, her first formation of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So this isn't her first appearance, but this is her first appearance in an X Men comic. Oh, really? Yeah. So she was created initially as a Miss Marvel villain. What? Claremont wrote Miss Marvel as well, and when that title... wait a minute. So this right here, this is this is the first time you're seeing Mystique in an X Men comic. Yep. What? I believe so. I, I'm pretty sure about that. And it's also the first time that we're seeing Pyro, Destiny, and Avalanche. Blob has previously been established as a character. and Destiny is the one sitting with the cane because mm. she's blind? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is her brotherhood team. Ooh. So they're, what is it that they're kibitzing about up in here? Because the Blob is mad. He's, he's smashing some artwork or something yeah, well he doesn't he doesn't really trust her leadership he's, he's questioning it and destiny actually says that like she can sense that the blob is uncomfortable with your leadership and then you know this this is a brand new team they don't know each other they've all been assembled together and they're really just picking at each other and, and fighting and it's also just a cool way to visibly establish their mutant powers right mm-hmm. so destiny can see the future Pyro can control fire but not create fire. Mm-hmm. Avalanche can avalanche. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. The United States Senate. 
And so this is where Charles is. Yep. So this is where Charles and Moira are at the that table. And you see Senator Kelly. I, this was giving me vibes of X-Men 2000, you know, or, or X-Men 2000 pulled from this mm-hmm. and, and that opening debate as they're talking about whether or not mutants should have rights or yes. you know, they're talking about a girl who could walk through walls. Who is that? And then JK. And then they, the X-Men come in through the back door and Charles is like, why, why, why are you here? Storm, open your mind to me. Your memories will tell me more. And she's reluctant to that, which is kind of an interesting side note. Like it's not even really even explored, but overcoming mm. an instinctive flash of reluctance and distaste, Storm does as she's told. I wonder why she wouldn't want to open yeah. her mind. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I just thought that that was like an interesting thing. We got a little bit more Senate. You know, they recognize Warren Worthington, who is an, he, his secret identity is not secret. He is known to be a mutant and to be the angel. Oh, he's known. And as they're talking, kablam, the Explosion. wall Oh, yeah. Who did it? Who exploded the wall? Turn the page. Turn the page. Uh-oh. It was Mystique. question, Senator Kelly, and one with its own answer. For we all know what the first Cro-Magnon did to the last Neanderthal. I am Mystique. My colleagues and I comprise the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. We are your future humans. Resist us at your peril. You've been blabbing a lot about the mutant menace, Kelly. We're here to teach you the error of your ways. And now we end the issue with a standoff. X-Men versus Brotherhood. Oh, snap. And even, you know, Blob makes the mention. Oh, yeah. Except for the winged bozo. You sure ain't no X-Men I ever met because he fought the original five. The original five. And that's it. That's the end of the issue. Oh, man. This this is proving difficult for me. What do you mean? The... Doing these one issues and then, okay, what's the rest of the story? Like, (laughs) (laughs) are you interested? I mean, like, tell me. Yes, I'm interested. I'm interested. Let's pause and and tell me how you feel about this story, then. Okay. Well, if Mystique is in charge of or running the Brotherhood, then where's Magneto at this time? And how do you feel? Did you enjoy the comic? Oh, yes, I did. I enjoyed the comic, but I. Turn, turn off the analysis brain for a second and then talk to me about the issue we just read. It's so hard. That's a hard request because most of my brain is analysis. <laughs> um, okay. I like I like the setup. It's interesting to see Kate Kitty in this role. Mm. I think it moved pretty quickly. Yeah. It, a lot of new oh yeah a lot was happening and also in a way where I didn't feel super confused about it so that I appreciate like we peeled away layers but I was given enough information to actually be able to follow yeah. and know what's going on but I just feel you know it's a good setup it's a great setup in that like this whole thing is about to go down and we just told you that people are gonna attempt to Murder Charles Xavier today and yeah, Moira and huge. Senator Kelly. And, and after, also think of, you know, so much attention came to the X-Men because of the Phoenix and then the Dark Phoenix sagas. And then this is now, what, four or five, six issues after that. So many new people are finding the X-Men for the first time. And you're still, you're getting this gateway character of Kitty that's now getting a whole amount a whole of new knowledge thing. and information. But... 
so who who was gonna kill them? Mystique and her team, because it's kind of similar to the movie where yep. Mystique is the one who's trying to kill Trask. Yep. So that's you know gives me a little bit more context or information or As to what could happen next. theory to pull from. But this is it. That this is what I get. And then you and now we move on to another thing. And I, you know, I like it. And I know for all of the people who have read this, like this was cool for you. But like, I'm just my reading list is getting rather large. Yeah. You know, and I don't we've we've had this conversation. We talked about it when it's like an, uh, it's, for me, I'm feeling a little bit like I'm starting to get addicted to a bunch of TV shows that are getting canceled. And I'm <laughs> but never going to know. Canceled, you can always go back to them. You can always go back to that time. So what I want I you can to always do, go I, back to them, but I want you to just tell me what happened. That's so much. There's so much <laughs> that happens. And what I'm trying to do is give you a big high level picture of here are some great things that happened over the epic history. Yeah. That are the experts. And I appreciate you. And, and that's fantastic. And I would love to hear as we go through these issue ones, these starts of stories, which were your favorites? Which would you want to revisit first? Which would you want to actually read? Because I feel like that would give you a better sampling of what you're interested in, both in terms of narrative style, character, storytelling type. Well, what's also, also interesting is I hate time travel. And, and like both... Of the last stories that we've done are time travel. Both of these stories are, hey, something has gone awry and we are sending X-Men or an Mm X-Man from the the future to the past or the past to the future. Yeah, Yeah. we're, we're, we're helping each other out. And so... The answer right now is that I'm interested in everything because (laughs) I don't like having unanswered questions. (laughs) But... Oh, we didn't. Um, we didn't do the uh, the creative team. Well, let's say who it is. Yeah, let's. Who is the creative team on this uncanny issue? Days of Future Past. Issue one forty one is written and co-plotted by Chris Claremont. Art and co-plotting by John Byrne. Inks by Terry Austin. We have Tom Orzowski on letters and Glenn Zween on colors. Louise Jones as editor and Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. Louise Jones becomes Louise Simonson. No, I don't know that you actually know who that is. but Yeah, she I, in that. Yep. she's in a bunch of documentaries and stuff. Yep. Okay. Well, so did you enjoy that issue? You enjoyed that? I enjoyed that issue. It I like is... that storyline in general, so mm-hmm. from the movie. I mean, it is part one of two. So can't we just do part two and count that as a seminal moment? Parts one and two? This isn't even a seminal moment. Oh, sweet this is just, lord. This is just part of the Claremont one. I can't keep it straight. Yeah, that's why I'm here. It's the same thing I couldn't keep. Like, what issue of Hoxpox are we on? You'd say, like, it's number three. And I would, it's House of X number three. And I'm like, I don't know. It's the order overall. Well, I will tell you. I did do notes for issue two. Yes. Okay. Can we do it? Right now? Do you want to? Until next time. Oh my. Did you just. (laughs) You have to end the episode. Okay, but usually if you want me to end the episode, you give me a little like, look, you don't just steal my lines. (laughs) I think you would have learned from the page turn noise situation that I don't appreciate my lines being stolen. Love love to poke the bear, you know? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Well, 
Until next time, old friend. Charles, I'm coming back to the future for you. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>